We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. 98% of pet food recalls come from where? On today's episode, we debunk the myths of raw feeding. I know there can be a lot of misconceptions when it comes to or when you hear what is raw feeding. So today, Anthony will talk about a few that we hear often in the shop. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly professional team and offer conventional medicine, dentistry, and surgery, as well as integrative options such as acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, and more. We emphasize fresh foods because you wouldn't want to eat processed food every day, right? Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, or Facebook, or give us a call at 614-888-2100. There's lots of myths surrounding raw food, but they kind of dwindled it down to seven that I think are the ones that are probably most talked about or most asked about in the shop. I'm going to kick it off with myth number one, I think is the the top myth of raw pet food, and that is feeding raw meat places your dog at risk of salmonella. From a statistic uh, point of view, you know, if you look at the FDA enforcement reports from 2012 to 2019, 98% of the pet food recalls were actually from kibble, from dry pet food. So that's about 150 million pounds of dry pet food. So the, the thing too is that dry pet food is also contaminated with other things. It's not just uh, salmonella or listeria E. coli. It also can be, you know, mycotoxins. They've been tested for extreme levels of glyphosate and then vitamin overdoses, which is extremely common because all these companies are using synthetics. And so when you, when you supplement with something like vitamin D, you better make sure that it's the right amount because that's a fat-soluble vitamin and it can't be excreted out the body as easily as uh, water-soluble vitamins. I think it was uh, Royal Canin that got in a lot of trouble for this, affecting a lot of pets in Europe and also in the U.S. because they put too much vitamin D in their synthetic premix. So if you're feeding kibble, you know, statistically, statistically speaking, you are more likely to contract salmonella. I always tell people this when they come in the shop, like here, if you're, if you're feeding dry pet food, and if you're feeding raw food, like either one, you should be washing your hands afterwards. Um, and some people will tell me like, yeah, we, we like our kids feeding our pets, but like with the raw food, we don't really want them feeding the pets. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting because you let them feed the kibble before. And so it's, you know, it, you use the same protocols. So at the end of the day, you just, you don't really have control over what you're feeding to your pet when it comes to, when it comes to feeding dry pet food or processed food. And you don't really know what's in it, I guess is my point. Recently, just a couple of weeks before we are doing this podcast, Rachel Ray's premium limited ingredient lamb and rice formula was tested. They did the DNA analysis on the pet food and found that not only was this, uh, again, it was a limited ingredient. So lamb and rice were, you know, supposed to be one of the few ingredients in there, but it tested positive for horse and chicken and cow um, and wasn't there dog too? There was even dog That's, in the formula. Oh so you're, gosh. you're feeding your dog, dog, you know, and it, and it wasn't even, 
I mean, it's, it's wrong on so many levels, but this was even supposed to be a limited ingredient diet. So just imagine what's happening with some of the other foods. If you want to go down a rabbit hole, you can look up rendering rendering facilities, and that's that's pretty much you know why that's happening. But I think this point alone is so shocking because I get this a lot, and I'm nowhere near as knowledgeable as you, but a lot of my friends will say, oh, that's just so dangerous to do raw feeding. I'm like, but it's if not. If they only like, knew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think there's a there's another study done not too long ago. I think it was a couple years ago now that they tested ten pet foods for dry pet foods for glyphosate, and nine out of ten tested positive for extreme levels of glyphosate, which can really affect. I mean, we wonder why our dogs have so many allergies and issues now, but just inhibiting the the growth of some healthy bacteria in the gut and and some inflammation in the gut. You have to think, you know, these companies, you know, they're you know, our, the, the commercial raw pet food companies that we sell, you know, they're using lots of protocols to ensure not only safety, but quality as well. Even more so, you would think, than all the dry food. 100%, because it's raw food. And these companies are coming from a place of, you know, they're coming from a place of, they they, they started because they realized, they realized that there was something wrong with the pet food industry and that the pet foods that they were making, they, they weren't species appropriate they the dogs and cats were getting sicker you know they they there was an issue there's something going on and you know they weren't using fresh food so these companies were they kind of erupted out of a place of frustration like they wanted a, a better product um and you know they you know they have a lot of protocols to ensure you know that that their their pet food is the it's safe because you know they have a lot of strict you know you have the um like the Ohio Department of Agriculture is really strict on pet food here in Ohio. The FDA, you know, so there's, you know, there's a lot of entities that really want to put a an end to the raw food. But um, so they, you know, they make sure that they do their due diligence and make sure that it's clean food. So they, you know, some companies use HPP. So they use uh, essentially cold water pressure to disable pathogens uh, using about 14,000 PSI, which is a really cool process because it also preserves the healthy bacteria and the enzymes, just killing the pathogenic bacteria. You have companies that use fermentation, like Answers Pet Food that uses fermentation to inoculate it with a bunch of healthy bacteria so that bad bacteria can't grow on it. Um, that you know, these companies do third-party laboratory testing on every batch before it's before they're released. And then just the sourcing. The sourcing is super clean. You know, they're sourcing from, you know, organic farms, regenerative farms, you know, grass-fed, grass-finished beef, you know, it's things you can't even find in the grocery store anymore. So it just comes from a, a whole different place, you know. The you know the dry pet food companies, these, these big pet food companies, you know, they're owned by Mars, uh, Nestle, you know, Nestle Purina, um, Smuckers, you know. So these <laughs> they're they're candy companies essentially, and they're making pet food. Before we move on to the next one, it's just you know, salmonella is for a healthy dog. It's it's difficult for them to get sick from from a pathogen like that. I mean, when you look at the the physiology of a dog i mean their ph is is damn near one which is extremely acidic it's a, a characteristic that's very unique to carnivores the hydraulic acid in their stomach is actually comparable to concentrated sulfuric acid or, or battery acid so it's meant to be a line of defense against you know against pathogens because you know let's not forget our dogs are, are facultative carnivores they've been eating raw meat and rotten carcasses i'm not saying feed your dog rotten carcasses i'm saying feed them fresh food right. fresh meat but they've been eating this stuff for millennia so this is just it's an evolutionary benefit to protect them from getting sick and, and you know keep them alive keep them thriving their digestive tract is also really short you know for the same reason so salmonella takes about 12 hours to incubate the dogs dogs process food into waste in about four to six hours so you know do the math 
not to say that they can't, you know, or they, not to say that they can't get sick from salmonella, but, you know, if you're feeding your dog fresh food and you're keeping them healthy, like, most likely they're not. I have, I've had some people that were scared to feed raw, it just crack raw egg on their food. I showed my kids the other day that you can eat a raw egg. I, I witnessed that <laughs> I, as well. <laughs> I just cracked one open and ate it. Now, I made sure it was pasture raised and it wasn't just some factory farmed egg, but a lot of humans eat raw eggs, you know, weightlifters and all these people and, mm-hmm. and, you know, but if we, and they don't get sick. We've been feeding raw food for, I mean, I've been feeding mozzie raw food for 11 years, almost 11 years now. We have a two and a four year old that often help me, you know, feed the dogs. And we've never, ever had any kind of cross-contamination issue whatsoever. And I'll I'll admit, I'm not the best at, you know, I don't know, being being sanitary. I don't know how else to say this. I was going to say wiping down the counters, but (laughs) I don't know if you're going there. Wiping down the counters, (laughs) putting things in the dishwasher right away, you know, things like that. I mean, we do, but, you know, it, it, it can be, you know. The house can be a little busy sometimes. I think at the end of the day, we can't be afraid of bacteria. Most of the human body is bacteria. I think we're 90, what, 19 or 90% uh, microbial. So we're made of hundreds of trillions of microbes in and on our bodies. So, you know, we, we can't live without bacteria, but it's about having, you know, a good balance of, of good and bad. Just to kind of cap that one, you know, I think the risk of feeding, the, the risk of, of, having salmonella is actually greater when you're feeding kibble just from the from the standpoint of of looking at the pet food recalls in the last you know decades myth number two uh a raw diet will make your dog aggressive i actually heard this from a i've uh, never heard that oh yeah i've heard this when we first opened someone came in and said their vet said that it's like dear god i immediately i immediately there. gave them dr carlson's card but yeah there's actually no no supportive data showing that dogs become more gr- aggressive or bloodthirsty on raw diets. Um, it's a complete myth that was mostly just generated by big pet food, you know, like like a lot of these myths are. But let me kind of explain why that's actually not true. And, and you know, the, I, the opposite, I, w- I would argue the opposite is happening. Um, so kibble being, you know, 40 to 60% carbohydrates, that's all sugar. So all those carbs are converting to sugar in the body. That's like throwing kindling on a fire and just watching it ignite on your dog. So now all day, I mean, you're it's you're, you're just seeing these these sugar spikes and crashes all day, you know, and that causes anxiousness and anxiety, frustration, aggressiveness, etc. Raw food, on the other hand, it's like throwing a big oak log on the fire and just watching it, you know, just a nice, slow, steady, healthy burn, because raw food is mostly you know protein and fat, so. You know, we work with a lot of trainers locally for this reason because they don't, you know, they they would much rather train a dog that's on raw food than on kibble because it's much more it's much more manageable. You know, the dog's not, you know, spiking and crashing all day. I say this a lot. I don't know if Jordan listens to this. She's kind of she's going to roll her eyes, but she she hears me say this in the shop a lot. But imagine eating donuts. If you have three donuts for breakfast and uh, another one for lunch, like you're you're going to be you're not going to feel great, you know. It's quite the opposite, you know, and we, we hear this a lot. We get a lot of like, this is one of the, the most talked about things or the most talked about benefits of raw in the shop is just like a behavioral difference in their dog, like a, a calmness, like they're not like tired or lazy, but they're just more, they're calm and they're more focused and much more trainable. So it's actually uh, quite the opposite. Raw food will not make your dog more aggressive. Now, the third one is definitely the most common in my opinion, that I hear personally, and that's most dog owners can't afford yeah. to feed raw or it's too expensive. And from a personal experience, I had Foxy for 
six years before Anthony and I got together, and I was spending thousands of dollars on her with various stomach issues and taking her to the vet. And I mean, it just added up. So you can go on with yeah. all the specific I was gonna say, reasons, but I can say personally, like absolutely not to feed her. It's like not, well, yeah, she's, like nothing. she's 10 she's pounds. Also, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can, it's crazy. Cause with, with raw, well, anyway, raw food is more expensive. So that's not a myth. <laughs> Wait, what? We can move on. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it is it is more expensive up front, right? So, like, you know, raw food is is it's it's going to be you know pound for pound, it's going to be more expensive um, than feeding dry food. But I think that the question you really should be asking is why is dry food so cheap? You know, it's because they're using cheap ingredients. And this is you know my kind of my main point on this is is you know when you feed a fresh uh, species appropriate raw diet, it's it's a proactive investment for your dog's health. You know, you'll save a lot of money in the long run, you know, just by not paying for the vet visits because your dog has, you know, diabetes or UTIs, allergies, rotten teeth. I mean, I I, I have a couple people that have come in that will take their dog twice to the vet a year to have their dental cleanings. Like that's every twice a year, you're knocking your dog out. It's just the stress that's having on your dog just to knock them out, just to have their teeth cleaned. And again, and then, and then people still argue that kibble cleans dog's teeth, which is absolutely ridiculous but you save a lot of money um in the long run when when you feed raw food i mean i look at my own dog uh, mozzie and you know he's never had a teeth cleaning his in his entire life he's got perfect teeth and he's never had a teeth cleaning and i'm not even that i'm not the best at brushing his teeth i mean maybe i do it once a quarter foxy you know foxy on the on you know on the other hand she you know she was fed kibbles and bits for six or seven years so she had to have 18 teeth you know 18 teeth pulled and still doesn't have you know great uh, dental hygiene. So, well, um, it's funny too. If you listen back to our um, recording with Dr. Carlson, he's our local vet. Trust him, love him. But he's like, I don't want to see your dog that often, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's right. He's well. He, you know, he talked about something I haven't forgotten. Was he said that you know, and he said in China with the doctors there. It's, like it's so it, there's it's like if you get sick you don't go back to see that doctor again like because it was their fault like they didn't they didn't prepare you they didn't you know keep you healthy and so it's they're kind of to blame where now it's like if you get here in the united states it's like if you get sick then you go see your doctor mm-hmm. you know well it's kind of the same principle yeah yeah so it's kind of like you know this is you know feeding a, a fresh raw food diet is, is a proactive preemptive way to to make sure your dog doesn't have all these health issues now there's there's no guarantee but at least you're giving your dog a chance you know, to, to not have all these, these uh, health issues. So, you know, I always tell people think about it for yourself. You know, you're either going to pay now for your health, pay for a gym membership, pay for, you know, better food. You're going to be healthy and, and happier, or you'll just pay later, you yeah. know, with, with doctor bills and, and hospital bills. So 100%. it's kind of hard for people to see. We get a lot of customers that come in, you know, when they realize, oh my gosh, this food is killing my dog. And then they come in and, and then we try to, you know, remedy things at that point. But it's, I wish people would come in and that's great that they do that, you know, but I, I, I wish people would see, <laughs> see the light before, you know, so all these, these health issues wouldn't, wouldn't have happened. We could have prevented them in the first place. So, well, yeah. now they'll listen to this podcast. And yeah, then. hopefully. Stop guessing what's being added to your pet's food. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's real food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. 
Steve doesn't contain any synthetic supplements or ingredients that can't be identified on the ingredient label. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. We know that what you choose to feed your pet is just as important as what you choose to feed yourself, which is why Steve's Real Food is formulated for optimal health that exceeds AFCO minimums. Steve's is not only great for your pet, but great for the environment. Your pet's food is manufactured by using hydroelectric power and sold to you in a fully recyclable package. Be sure to take advantage of the frequent buyer club. Buy 12 bags of Steve's Real Food, get one free. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. Myth number four, dogs have adopted to eat cooked diets. So this is a funny one for me. I've heard this a few times in the store, but just so we're on, all on the same page here, you know, dogs have only been eating ultra-processed pellets of carbohydrates mixed with uh, synthetics or what we call kibble uh, for only 60 to 70 years. So by no means does evolution happen that fast. There's a book that uh, Steve Brown wrote called Sea Spot Live Longer. It's one of my favorite books if you haven't read it, but there's very few people that understand or know canine nutrition more than uh, Steve Brown does. But anyways, he writes in his book, he says, for 99.995 to 99.999% of the canine species existence, dogs have eaten their natural ancestral diet, which he's referring to as the raw diet. For only 0.005% of their history, they have eaten dry dog foods. So for almost 14,000 years, the dog's body, brains, dental structure, digestive system, everything's evolved to utilize uh, a raw diet. So anatomically, they, you know, the digestive system of the domestic dog is still, and this is still from his book, is is still very similar to those of feral carnivores. You know, I kind of understand people, you say their dog's not a wolf, and I I, I totally understand. I agree with that. Your dog is, is not a wolf. But when you lift the hood and you look at what's happening underneath, you look at their physiology, you look at their anatomy. They're damn near identical. Um, you could also argue, you know, people say, my dog doesn't look like, I've, I think I've said this in a previous podcast, my dog doesn't, like, my dog's not a wolf, you know, don't look like a wolf. I'm like, yeah, your dog, your chihuahua doesn't look like a Great Dane either. But, you know, people have bred dogs for different uh, physical traits and different uh, behavioral traits, you know, but. You do say that often, inside. but I think it's like, oh, you're right. Yeah, like inside their their physiology and the way they, they metabolize food is, is, is almost identical. So the bottom line is that, uh, you know, dog's physiology is, is just, it's identical to the gray wolf. I mean, if you look at, you know, I mean, their DNA differs as little as 0.2%. You know, they can breed, uh, produce viable offsprings. There's wolf hybrids all over, all over Ohio, whether you agree with that or not, they're all over and they're healthy dogs, you know, and uh even to the, you know, according to the Smithsonian Institute, uh, their taxonomy classification, the dogs are, are a subspecies of the gray wolf. So you have the gray wolf, which is Canis lupus, and right underneath it is Canis lupus familiaris, which is our modern day dog. The myth was that dogs have adopted to eat cooked diets. Obviously, that's that's not true. Um, the very act of, of, of cooking meat destroys essential proteins and amino acids and, and fatty acids and vitamins and minerals. It decreases the 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 overall bioavailability of the food, which is why you see all these dry pet foods and you look at the ingredients on the back and it's all 80% synthetics, things you can't even read because they're adding in, you know, amino acids, they're adding in fatty acids, they're adding in synthetic vitamins and minerals. It doesn't make any sense. And when you cook it, you have to add supplements back in. So it's, there's something, there's something wrong with that. Myth number five, you can only get the nutrition it needs from a dry dog food. So this that, is like literally makes me cringe. Yeah. Do people really say that? I wouldn't say people that come into the shop because they already know that's not true, <laughs> but it's, it's out there for sure. 
but I think this starts this started a long time ago. Um, and a lot of what I'm going to say here is from Amy Marshall's book. Um, Love her. Why you need to feed your dog a raw uh, food diet. She breaks down the history of, of, of dog food. But, you know, we've we've been brainwashed into thinking that the only place we can ensure dogs get everything they need is from a bag of, of food, of, of dog food. Somehow fresh food is incomplete and is not good for them. We have a great thing that comes in the shop. She's 14, 14 years old, which is unheard of. I think she's like on on course to break break the record, but don't quote me on that. But 14 for, you know, for anyone, everyone knows that for 14, you know, as a great Dane, that's a long time to live. Um, and she's been eating raw food since day one. She's never, she's never eaten kibble. I remember when I was a kid and we all, I think we all remember this because I mean, I still hear it in the shop all the time is, you know, I don't feed any table scraps to your dog. You know, or people come in the shop, like I feed, you know, we feed them, you know, Purina and we don't feed any table scraps. And I'm like, well, damn, like. That. If you're if you're if you're only feeding you know these ultra processed pellets of garbage, literally, like I hope they're. And I don't mean to sound like demeaning, but if you're if they're eating just that that ultra processed food, I hope they're getting some fresh food on top of that. You know, because that's the only fresh. Those table scraps, unfortunately, will be the only fresh food they'll ever get. So, and I think it's easy for us to say, "How do people not know that?" But like, I didn't know until. Well, I found out. Yeah, dog food has been around. Dog food, I have like right. little quotations. Is to your point, you know, but when it, you it break was around it down like this. Like it was around before you and I were even born. So we were born into this world where it's just like you feed your dog. You know, wait, we don't know day. any better. You know, we didn't know what they're eating before. Um, but this is like it makes me think like okay, if you just compare it to us, like if we were literally just to eat a bag of chips, yeah, all day and just graze on them, yeah, like how yeah. would you feel? Yeah, and and I think Dr. Karen Becker says it best. She says, you know, if if uh, she's like, it's I, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the quote in front of me, but she says it's sad that my peers, so other veterinarians, are the last physicians on earth to to recommend an ultra processed diet over a fresh food diet, which is very well said. I want to just quickly go through the history because I think it's important here, going back to like the whole brainwashing thing. But dog food was actually invented by an electrician from Ohio, unfortunately, James Spratt. So the beginning wasn't so great, you know, just in the first place. But so, you know, I think with a little thought and some good resources, you know, like the Primal Pooch has a great web, website, Perfectly Rawsome. The, the book I was referring to before, Unlocking the Ancestral Diet by Steve Brown. Uh, Dr. Karen Becker has a, a book for homemade diets. Like there's, there's tons of good books out there that you can read and easily achieve a fresh food, a DIY diet that you can do at home. And I will um, say, so Amy Marshall's book, Primal Pooch, we, uh, or she is Primal Pooch, we sell that book in our store, but definitely look it up. I think it's a little over 100 pages, but it was the easiest, like, to understand, and she really breaks things down. And if if the light bulb doesn't go on after that, I... See ya. <laughs> There's no I have no words. Yeah. <laughs> She's a great resource, and her book doesn't have like any like recipes or, or like how to for DIY raw. But if you go to her website, I think it's just primalpooch.com, which is Google Primal Pooch. She's her got Instagram is great too. Yeah, yeah, it's super clean. She's got some really good recipes on her website and some really good information, calculators, things like that. So it's interesting. You're depending on your vet; they might tell you differently that you can only achieve this this complete and balanced food from the from a you know, the, either the food they're selling or from a, a bag of dog food. 
But you have to remember that veterinary medicine was actually founded in 1895. So that's 35 years after the development of pet food. So as Amy Marshall writes in her, writes in her book, pet food was king when veterinary medicine was invented. So think about that. Like it's they, they, they were heavily influenced from the beginning. They essentially came out of, of pet food and, and they still do. The, these companies utilize vets to sell their food. She also mentions this in her book that, you know, cigarettes once were endorsed by physicians as well, even dentists, they were tested and improved. Same thing with uh, this, this pet food that they're selling. But this was the age of back then, 50s and 60s, this was, this is the age of convenience, you know, where, where convenience is progress. But there were skeptics that challenged the industry saying that fresh food was better. Um, and they were obviously right. Like there's, there's no debate about that. But to squash that, this fresh food movement, almost overnight, these, these dry pet food companies slapped a complete imbalance label on their foods. And we still see remnants of this today. Like, is it complete imbalance? Is it, is it labeled complete imbalance? But I assure you that the commercial raw foods that we sell are not only meeting these these minimum levels of nutrition, but they're actually striving to meet or are meeting the optimal levels of nutrition set by the NRC, which is the National Research Council. You can do this diet at home. I've done it before, and I think it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. Peaking when you did that. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. But it's very time consuming. Two kids and starting a business and everything else, it just got difficult. I do recommend starting with commercial raw first just to get your feet wet and just, you know, kind of get your hands on it and, and get comfortable with it. And then you can kind of, I'm not, I'm not saying that to, to sell you food. I'm just saying that, like, I just don't want you to be discouraged. We did a, uh, we did a podcast on the, the pitfalls of, of dry pet food a couple of episodes back. So that's a really, really good episode to kind of understand why kibble is in my opinion, it is far from complete and balanced. Myth number seven, do you want to talk about, you want to take this one over? Raw feeding is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I can personally attest to, it is so simple. It Like, I mean, they just make it so easy for you. It's literally like a hamburger patty that you take out of the freezer, put it in a little container, put it in your fridge, and it's ready for the next day. Like, I am someone who has limited time, and I mean, that, I mean, what? 10 Who seconds? are you kidding? You don't. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Yeah. Only when Anthony is away do I feed the dogs. Yeah. It's his responsibility. I have the kids, it but is. It's no, so it's easy. it is easy. I mean, it's so easy. My dad does it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's they they these companies have so many different. They do patties now. They do they do nuggets. They do. My dad uses my dad and Diane. They use a. It's, a, it's called. Pronto, and it's like I don't want to say it's it's kibble because it's not, but it's shaped like kibble. It's like the same size. It's frozen, and you literally scoop it out of the freezer. And because it's really small, it defrosts really quickly. And so you just wait like a couple minutes and then feed. So, I mean, it's it's super easy for the patties and the nuggets. Like you just you know you defrost. You just put in a Tupperware container in the refrigerator the night before, and it's ready to go the next day. And you just kind of keep rotating. Those are the there. There's other ones. There's there's a lot of myths out there about raw food. I, mean, I think the important thing is just to remember we're, we're talking about we're talking about fresh food over extremely processed species inappropriate foods. I hope this helped. I hope this debunked some of these myths that people had in their head. So I think people just again, what's our saying? You know, you don't know what you don't know, and like I feel like if you knew that there were companies to support feeding fresh, that people would take the time. I, I would hope to explore that. And like you always say, even if you add 20% to 
to a pet's diet, I mean, that goes such a long way rather than feeding kibble all yeah, day. That always, day. that always surprises people. Like, really? Just like 20%? I'm like, yeah. Like, imagine if you're just eating junk food all day and you mm -hmm. just decide to eat like a salad and grilled chicken. Like, that's going to have a huge impact. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, I compare kibble to junk food. It's the same thing. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly, professional team and offer conventional as well as integrative medical options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, stem cell therapy and PRP, and more. Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, and Facebook to learn more about us. So we have a customer question. Hi, Fangs and Fur friends. I have a podcast question. My pup has been thriving, love that, since we walked through your doors aw, and switched to Answers Raw Food. One thing log logistic-wise that has been a challenge is we are big travelers, particularly multi-day camping and backpacking trips. Do you have recommendations on how to keep up her diet on a backpacking trip without lugging around multiple ice packs to keep it fresh? Yeah. Yes, we do. Uh, so this is from, from Summer and her dog, Zola. It's a super healthy, awesome, very sweet German Shepherd. This is actually a really common question. So like, what do you do when you travel? Well, if you're a psycho like me, you just take a cooler and lug it around. Um, <laughs> but, but if you're not a psycho like me, there's, there's some good options out there. So you can do, there's obviously the freeze dried. So like, like Steve's has a really good freeze dried food for a and the, the freeze drying is great for especially like smaller to medium sized dogs. I feel like it's super, you know, affordable and, and, and doable. It's it's essentially the raw food diet and then they, you know, they freeze dry it. So they drop the pressure and, and the moisture and, and you come up with this product. But it's it's more expensive. So if if it's a long trip, it might it might add up pretty quickly. So depending on the size of the dog. Uh, another option is Zeewee Peak, which I think is like for Zola would be a really good option just because it's 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 really quality food. It's air dried. It's generally air dried. It's a New Zealand based company. They just do a really good job. They have like, it's really awesome. Uh, superfoods in there, like green lip muscle, but it's very similar to, you know, there's not a whole lot of carbohydrates in there. It's very similar to the raw food. It's just dehydrated. So, mm -hmm. um, but it almost looks like little chunks of like beef jerky. We have a lot of trainers that use it for treats. It's like super high value. So I can almost guarantee you, your dog will love it. I would still add moisture to it. So I think those are two really good options. Well, and obviously we want you to stock up at Fangs and Fur, but I think something that we also do because we're nerds, we always like if we're going somewhere, we research that area to kind of see if there's another store similar yeah. to ours. So like check out, stock up. So Yeah, we do that all the time for people like, hey, I'm going down to Tennessee or I'm going down to Florida. And then I'll just I'll just like look up. And then if they don't, I can at least see if they have a freezer and they can usually if they have a freezer in there, they can order this stuff for mm -hmm. you. And then you can you can they can like hold it for you for, for when you get there. So five class service. There's a lot of ways around it, so don't stress out about it. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.